Friends, hello, and welcome to episode 530 of the Juicebox Podcast. Jenny and I are going to talk about another diabetes variable today. And today's topic is called tunneling, but you may think of it as a leaky site. So I'm still deciding at the last minute what to call the episode, but once you get in here, you know, then you'll see the whole thing. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you want to hire Jenny Smith, she works at integrateddiabetes.com. Check her out. And while I'm talking about stuff, let me remind you that I really appreciate when you share the show with other people. That's it. The show is growing incredibly fast. It is getting silly, silly amounts of downloads, and that is because of you, and I want to say thank you. So thank you very much for listening, for subscribing, and for sharing. Uh, This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. In fact the most accurate and easy-to-use blood glucose meter that I have ever used. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored today by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. You can find out more or get started today at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Is the sound better, by the way? Um... I guess you probably wouldn't be able to tell until you listened, but I, I got a really long cord. Okay. And you're like back a, in the other like room. Like a hundred foot cord. And it's like out of my office, down through our house, down into the basement <laughs> where the thing is. And so I'm, I'm back in my office, small space. Right. So hopefully it won't echo as much. It does sound nice. Thank you. That was very so, nice of yes. you. I would have sent you a cord. You didn't have to buy one. Oh, God. It was you know, 20 bucks. <laughs> okay. All right. Deal. So, yes. No, that's very nice. You're very kind to do that. Um, yes. Okay. So you brought up a topic. Uh, you sent me a note. And you're like, you know, we should talk about tunneling. And I have to admit, I thought to myself, tunneling sounds like what those characters on Hogan's Heroes were doing all the time when I was a little kid watching that show. And then I thought, well, Jenny knows. I wrote it right on the list. And no lie, four days later, I get a note, like an email, like something someone had to like sit down and compose from a woman who said, hey, could you and Jenny talk about tunneling? And I thought, get out of here. <laughs> like, That's really funny how the universe works, isn't it? I was like, quite a coincidence. That's fine. So uh, I don't know what it is. I'm just going to be honest and say it. Really? Yeah, I mean, I when you said the word, I started imagining what I think it is. I'm probably not far off, but I had never heard the phrase. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're probably not far off. I mean, you're a smart guy, so I'm quite sure that you can probably guess, honestly. But it's most common with straight inserted Teflon infusion sets. Okay. Most common. Um, it's really... When the insulin 
that goes in through that infusion set or through the cannula. And it's supposed to be get kind of dispersed under the subcutaneous tissue, absorbed, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't. It sort of pools at that infusion site. And then because of that, it leaks back up. If you imagine the sides of the cannula, it leaks back up the sides and it leaks out the top. So you're essentially losing insulin. Um, So the most common are kind of the straight in infusion sets, especially the ones that are not very long, the shorter, um, as well as it happens in larger doses Typically, you're not going to see it in a dose that's like a unit, but if you've got pretty hefty donuts, boluses, donuts, maybe I'm hungry. I don't know. I ate breakfast this morning. (laughs) If you've got pretty hefty boluses, um, you know, eight units plus, you could potentially see more of that tunneling happening. Um, Tends to be reduced in sets that are more the angled Mm-hmm. sets. Um, or especially for those who use the 90 degree set, if you can choose the steel cannula that goes straight in kind of like a thumbtack, it doesn't tend to be um, as common to happen with that. So where would we see that? So I know Omnipod goes in on an angle. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Now I do know the people use like 90 degree sets that are plastic and i've heard people say oh if that one doesn't work if the if the plastic cannula doesn't work try the steel one yeah right and so what you're making me feel like is i don't know has anyone ever like taken the garden hose and like jammed it down into the mud and then hold it there for a second and then the water starts pouring back up like that that's it that's what's happening that's exactly right yes and you know it does also happen in more common, I guess, lifestyle types of activities that can be prone to like pulling or yanking on the site. Things like golfing, things like tennis, where you've got those swift movements, um, especially with tubed pumps, that you can get that because anytime there is a yank on that tube, it yanks the infusion set sitting under the skin. And another reason for tunneling is inflammation of that tissue underneath the skin. So as it gets inflamed, anything that gets inflamed gets puffy or -hmm. swollen, right? And that creates more space. You would think if it gets swollen, it would create less space. Like it would squeeze the cannula. It doesn't. It actually creates more space. It expands. Yeah. Right. It expands. And so the tube itself, the cannula, has more space to move and insulin can leak that way as well. So we are counting on, on some level, anytime you put in an infusion set, you're counting on, it's so tenuous now that I'm thinking about it. You're counting on your body just sort of healing around that tube just a little bit to create a seal. Correct. And you start, and so if you have a tube pump, the tubing gets pulled, that seal gets broken. If you're twisting or turning, it could get broken. And then you get what I would just call leaking. I didn't realize people called it tunneling, but like the site leaks is how I think. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's Mm -hmm. specifically what's happening. It is exactly. And you can tell, honestly, I mean, Omnipod. You can often tell because the while you do wet. because there's insulin that kind of leaks around that edge, yeah. or oftentimes you'll see liquid in that viewing window area. Right, right. I mean, and there should be some degree of condensation 
over the wear of a pod. Not for me. Some- do you know why? <laughs> what do you do? What's your magic All right, trick? So after I pop the um, the little plastic like safety tab off the Omnipod, we take a clean tissue and twist it like, and we we and dab we dab the out ex- the liquid. I out thought I was the only one. That do you do that too? <laughs> Uh, now people listening just heard a very weird diabetes like nerd fit moment <laughs> because if I take the liquid out then I can trust if I see liquid in the window that some's coming from the site right because you can usually tell liquid versus again condensation I mean a really hot sticky day or if you're sitting in a sauna or something like that you may get some visible like clouding condensation in that viewing window but it shouldn't be liquid to the degree that you can physically like see it. Almost if you've ever had like a bloody site, you can see mm-hmm. the blood sort of pooling in that area. It's the same thing with tunneling of insulin. Um, and on the pods, I've I've noticed more than with tubed pod, tube, tubed pumps that that adhesive that's right around that curved area. Mm-hmm. If you've got a leaking problem, it's going to be wet there too. That's where you say it. It's yeah. Um, So, I mean, some ways around it are for those who are more active or have more movement to their day um, or just kids who are just more prone to pulling on a tubed pump, Mm -hmm. potentially. Um, I mean, there are some tricks, things like using um, a product called IV3000. It's like a really thin, clear sort of band-aid almost hypoallergenic, you put it down on the skin, you essentially put the site over that and let the cannula go in and through. And then you put another one on top of it, almost sandwiching the infusion site. So that what happens is you minimize like the movement. movement. Okay. So like there's no tectonic shift sort of like that. That's correct. Yeah. The other one is, and this is actually with, um, and maybe part of the reason that it's, um, better with steel cannulas Mm -hmm. is that a steel cannula has a site and then it has a short amount of tubing that connects to another, not a site, but almost like another little um, adhesive area. So you've got the site tubing, a site that holds that secure, and then the tubing that goes on from there. Um, So another recommendation with non-steel cannulas is to just take about a two to three inch section after the cannula and adhere it to the skin using some type of, you know, skin. Okay. So if you're, if you're using tubing, you go a couple inches away from your site, adhere the tubing to your skin. And that way pulling on the tubing pulls on the fixed site, not on the. Not so much on the the actual infused area. Yes. Is this more common in certain body styles or types or older or newer sites or anything like that? I'm going to make the ads super duper quick today. And you can tell they're going to be fast by the long intro and my use of super duper. Because nothing says brevity like the use of made up words and long introductions. But if you trust me, just trust me, I'll be done in a minute and you'll be better for knowing that the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor is something that I think you should take a look at. You go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And when you're there, you're going to learn a multitude of things about the Dexcom, but not the least of which are these very core and important facts. When someone using insulin is wearing a Dexcom, 
they can see what their blood sugar is in real time. So if your blood sugar is 150, you can see what it is. Arden's actually not even with me right now. She's out shopping for school supplies with Kelly and her blood sugar is 92. I just pulled that up on my phone. It's not just 92, it's 92 and stable, meaning that it is not falling or rising at any perceivable rate. But if it was, the Dexcom would tell you that too. It would say, hey, it's rising. And it would give you a little arrow to tell you how quickly it was rising. Think about what just happened here. I picked up my iPhone. Now this could have been an Android phone, but I picked up my iPhone and in a split second saw my daughter's blood sugar. She's using her phone where she can also see her blood sugar. You can set alarms to let you know when your blood sugar has crossed thresholds that are important to you. Arden's alarms are set at 70 and 130. Mine at 70 and 120. Yours could be wherever you want. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Your kids could be off shopping, away at school, or anywhere. And you could see their blood sugar. And for adults, hello, even if you don't want someone to see your blood sugar, that's cool. You can see it. The speed, direction, and number. This information is at the core how we make good decisions about insulin and carbohydrates. And I think you would find it very, very helpful as well. Arden just got her latest A1C recently, and it has been between 5'2 and 6'2 for over seven years. I give a lot of that credit to the Dexcom. Everyone using insulin needs a great blood glucose meter, but not everybody thinks about that. Sometimes we just take the one the doctor gives us or, you know, whatever the doctor has lying around the office. But you could put a tiny bit of effort into making sure you have a fantastic blood glucose meter that's not just super accurate, but gives you other things to crow about, like second chance test strips, a super bright light and easy to read screen. And it fits well in your hand, but is also super simple to carry around. That blood glucose meter, in my opinion, is the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. And you can find out more about it at contournext.com forward slash juice box. It seems so simple, doesn't it? Just never really think about our meter. Like Think about yours for a second. Is it a good one? Do you have any idea at all? Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Get yourself a great meter. They also have a fantastic website. Head over there right now. They've got all kinds of plans. And I mean, you might even be eligible for a free meter. You, you just got to go check it out. Definitely. I mean, you bring up a good thing about, you know, just the rotation of sites, obviously, because if that is going to be a reason for tunneling older sites, sites that have more scar tissue, again, scar tissue is going to be less mobile or mm -hmm. less, you know, flexible, I guess is the better word. <laughs> so you're going to have the tissue that's hard and has more ability for that cannula to kind of have wiggle room. Okay. All right. But not like I'm thinner, I'm heavier, I'm older, I'm young. None of that stuff happens. That doesn't seem to be. It's much more the insulin amount. 
Okay. And then the movement itself of that particular person's lifestyle. So if I just sit perfectly still, I'll be okay. And don't eat a lot of food. <laughs> and don't eat. Yes. If I don't have the bolus. And <laughs> just don't. I see. Right. So you're saying yeah. if I could just basically get rid of diabetes, then this tunneling thing wouldn't be much of an issue at all. <laughs> right. I mean, in terms of <laughs> in terms of the insulin doses themselves, knowing right. that we obviously have to use insulin, Um Sometimes using the fancy features on a pump can be more beneficial to dispersing insulin slower. Mm -hmm. So using things like an extended bolus with a portion of a large bolus now, a portion extended out a little bit more slowly. Um, I know some of the insulin pumps, I know Tandem does it. I can't remember. I don't think that Medtronic allows you to change, but Tandem allows you to change the rate at which your... Um, insulin gets dripped in on boluses. And so slowing that process down, even in a small amount can sometimes help that bolus um, get absorbed. I've often used a 30 minute extended bolus to bridge a gap. Like while Arden is leaving a class going to lunch, like if, like if her blood sugar is 78 and I still want a pre bolus, but I'm like, well, I don't know how we're going to do this. Like, I can't put in as much as I want because she's going to be low before she eats. Right. I would do like a 0% up front. And all of all it over, of it 30, over 30, minutes. 30 minutes. So you kind of get it in on time-ish, but it's not all in there. That seems like that might help that. Hey, this is making me wonder, do people with higher basal rates, basal, I could, how did I just mispronounce basal? Do people with <laughs> higher basal rates um, go through this more often? Do you think? Like you would expect so. I mean, I would say yes. In in general terms, yes, mainly because if you've got a higher basal rate to begin with, mm-hmm. you also have much larger boluses. I mean, think about a basal rate that's like 1.75. You're not going to have an insulin to carb ratio of 1 to 30. Right. And if you do, there something's not set right. <laughs> Something's wrong. Step back and start over again. (laughs) But Um, you would expect that with larger basal, overall your sensitivity to insulin is lower, so you're going to need larger boluses as well. mm -hmm. So um, another thing that kind of goes along with decreased chance of tunneling, especially with larger insulin dose, is making sure that you're changing the site more frequently. Okay. You might need to change the site despite your pump holding 300 units of insulin you might need to change it once you get to two full days and nothing beyond that, regardless of the amount of insulin, you know, um, in that large amount, you might make it to two days and that might be it. Could you, um, could you cheat a little and split your bolus and inject some of it if this was an issue? You're kind of getting into all the realm of what I do in pregnancy with women who've got really high resistance before they get pregnant. Okay. And we know that their insulin needs are going to be just exorbitant Mm. by that third trimester, we pull a lot of tricks out of a hat. I mean, we sometimes cover 50 or 60% of the basal with a basal injected insulin Mm -hmm. and take the basal that's pumped in way down. Then Um, we may even use U200 insulin, which gives you two units of action per one unit of of actual dose volume. Mm -hmm. So then instead of a basal of two, you get down to a basal of one, but you're getting the impact of a basal of two. What is that called? I can't think of the word all of a sudden when people only bolus with their pumps, but they use an injected basal insulin. They call it something. Really? I don't know the name for that. It's it's right out of my head. How could two people who twist up a tissue and dab out the couple of drops of insulin out of Omnipod not be able to remember that word? 
<laughs> I don't know what that's called. I, I'm, um, I, I'm never going to figure it out sitting here, that's for sure. But, but people have a name for it. They do. And even at smaller doses, some people find that for whatever reason, a bolus with an injection works a lot better. They get more very precise, like dosing action and impact of action by just taking a bolus versus they love the precision of the basal coming from their pump. Okay. So, um, I mean, there are lots of ways to attack things. Definitely. Um, I've got someone in college right now that I work with and she knows that any bolus that she needs to take over seven units, she will have tunneling if she doesn't bolus with an injection. Okay. Would changing to an Omnipod for her make a difference? She's on Omnipod. And it's still happening to her, even with the, I see that. So some people, it's funny because you hear people sometimes say, oh, if you're having trouble with that, with the, the, the Omnipod cannula, go to a, a pump with a 90 degree cannula. And I've heard people say, oh, if this 90 degree cannula is not working for you, you should try the Omnipod. Right. You should try exactly. Works, right. You you shouldn't just sit around struggling with something that doesn't work for you. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. And that's I that is one benefit, I think, to tubed pumps is that if you think it's one cannula that you're using, there are multiple to choose to try. Right. So call the company, let them know, hey, I think that this set this type of set is a problem. Do you have some? I'd like to try this one, this one. They'll usually send you a couple of samples to try before you order a whole big box. Years and years ago, I interviewed Todd Hobbs, who I think at the time was the CEO of Novo Nordisk, but I don't okay. I don't believe he is anymore. Um, and in his talking about what he thought people with type 1 diabetes needed, he was mm-hmm. adamant that what they needed was better cannula technology. Oh, yes. He had that at the top of his list, you know? Well, and there, I'm sure that you've seen um, the studies about the cannula that has it's almost like a sprinkler effect, right? Mm-hmm. It's a cannula it. that's a tube that's got multiple holes through the tubing rather than just coming out the end. Yep. And what they find is that with more more surface area that they're covering with like a spray mm-hmm. of insulin rather than an injection at one point, you get a lot better absorption. You get more precise and even absorption and tunneling almost disappears. I wonder how hard that is then to inject the cannula because now maybe some of the rigidness of it is gone because you've got little holes in the side, right? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What made you want to do this? Like why you were very like, like we talk frequently, but not that frequently. And you were like, Hey, we're doing this. I was like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think in, and I, you know, I I texted you about it as like one of the variables because we've got so Mm -hmm. many variables to talk about. And I think, a lot of people call it leaking. Right. Without, and I think it helps to understand what's actually happening and some of the reasons and the frequency if you're one person versus another. You know, one kid who's like a swimmer maybe has no issues ever with tunneling. And they're the same body size and type of their their little buddy next door right. who is an avid golfer. Well, there might be the issue to consider, you know? Um, so I think, it, I think I thought it was important because I, I don't see a lot of people, but I see enough people that have had this issue and just think that they've done something wrong or their doctor isn't offering any solution. I don't know. It's a leaky site. Change it. Well, right. yes, but. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if I understood this a little better? It's funny because as you said that, I thought, well, I'm going to have to call the I'm going to have to call the episode leaky site so that people even understand like how to go like figure out what it is. Right. Um, right. But that's great. I'm glad you did this. 
Awesome. Yay. Jenny and I are starting to get quite a little list of diabetes variables episodes. You can find them right there in your podcast player. There's a lot more. Just search Juicebox Podcast Diabetes Variables or search Diabetes Variables at juiceboxpodcast.com. When I get a couple more together, I'm going to build a list, put it on uh, put it on the website. Not quite yet, though. I'm coming to it. All things in time, my friends. Are you looking for Jenny? She's at integrateddiabetes.com. Oh, and let me thank the advertisers. Thank you, Dexcom, makers of the G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, and of course, the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Oh, I almost forgot the links. I think they pay me to say the links. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Check out that amazing Dexcom G6 and the most accurate meter I've ever held, the Contour Next One. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for downloading it in your podcast app. Ooh, ooh, thank you for subscribing in your podcast app. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for making the Juice Box Podcast what it is. I really appreciate it. Every time you listen, every time you share, every time everything. And if you're really looking for some help with all this stuff, you should check out the private Facebook group for the podcast. It's called Juice Box Podcast Type 1 Diabetes, and there are over 14,000 members. I do my best to look in on it every day, and so should you. It's an incredibly helpful Facebook group. I know that sounds kind of weird, like people like Facebook. Doesn't Facebook suck? Mm, maybe it does, but not this group. Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Go find your brethren. They're very, very kind, very helpful, and excited to say hello to you.